The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Main Street Vegan with host Victoria Moran. Victoria is an author, inspirational speaker, and a certified holistic health counselor and vegan lifestyle coach. She's here to entertain, educate, and inspire you on your journey to look and feel amazing, eat extraordinary food, help animals, and create a physical body perfectly attuned to spiritual growth. Now, let's get this party started. Here is your host, Victoria Moran. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Main Street Vegan Show. So glad to have you with us. And you know what's really fun today? I'm going to have on a couple of people that I have actually worked with. Don't you sometimes love the people you work with? I mean, I love working with Jeff Comfort out there at Unity Online Radio. And my guest today, I've I've had that sort of relationship with, and it feels really good. Right after the break, we're going to be bringing you Matt Resigno, the wonderful dietitian who specializes in athletes and is kind of wondering, hmm, are we going overboard on uh, the health benefits here. So that'll be really, really interesting. I know you'll all be very fascinated by what Matt has to say. And I've worked with him as an instructor at Main Street Vegan Academy. And now I'm going to be introducing somebody that I'm sure you already know, especially if you're a vegan and if you have a TV, because she is the star of the first ever vegan lifestyle talk show that is every Wednesday morning at 7.30 a.m. all across North America on A&E's FYI channel. And I have worked with her in the exact opposite capacity that we're going to be talking in a minute because I was her guest and she was asking me the questions. Welcome, Nafsika Antipas. Hello. Hello, Victoria. How are you? Oh, I'm, I'm great. It's wonderful, wonderful to hear you. And I know you said you have a little bit of stuffiness, but you just sound sultry and fabulous like a wonderful It's just TV a little more, host. yes, my voice is just a little more sexy than usual, that's all. But I'm good. That's, Thank you. That, that's good. Stretch that out. So, <laughs> Nafsika, you have done the virtually impossible. Lots of people have tried before to get a, a vegan lifestyle TV show. I know there have been a couple of, of cooking shows, but you've got... Mm-hmm. No, the the vegan Oprah. So how did yeah. you get the idea? Tell us a little of your history. Okay, so basically I had gone vegan myself not so long ago, just a few years ago, um, and it all happened actually when I was breastfeeding my, my kids, my, son, my babies, and um, that's kind of when it all kind of started making sense to me. And, and I realized that there was no vegan lifestyle show out there. Um, I had seen a couple of maybe little... Um, vegan YouTube um, shows, and but nothing mainstream, nothing on TV, like a TV series, and definitely nothing talking specifically only about veganism. 
so I thought, why <laughs> I'm going to be the first one to do it. So um, I, I I found a producer. We went over the content. Basically, I'm not only the host but the producer as well, and uh, we just put this together and. A&E loved it, so, and they're taking us, um, they've approved already for uh, the season two, so that's it, that's where we are right now. That is really exciting. So, Mm -hmm. what was the process? Did you just ask, and if so, how did you ask? Well, when I first started, um, basically I work with my co-producers, they help me with the distribution. So they are more direct with, uh, in relationship with the um, networks because they have their own other shows that they, they, they air with these networks. So um, basically, uh, you know, when I pitched them the idea about a vegan show, they weren't so keen, too keen on that. But then I said, well, we're going to call it plant-based, <laughs> plant-based Buenafsica, and, and we're going to, um, it's going to be only uh, kind of uh, talking about the positive side of things, and there will be nothing graphic, nothing too controversial. And um, they saw the pilot, we shot the pilot, and they loved it. So, and already, like, um, before we even aired, they had already um, uh, kept us on the time slot for, uh, for the two seasons. So that's it. They, they approved. Um, everything's going fine, and, and we're getting ready for season two. So I'm very, very happy about that. And I know I'm sure it's going to probably um, create more shows like mine, which is great. Um, we want more shows like this. Um, mine is a little more like a variety because we, we touch on different topics and themes, and it's kind of um, – I don't know how to say it. It's, it's kind of like a talk show, but also, um, you know, uh, it's interactive. We have a lot of discussions, and we do demonstrations and a lot of cooking segments. So it's just a little bit – there's a little something for everyone, basically. Oh, there is. I mean, I watch every week. I have it on my TiVo, and you've mm. had so many wonderful guests. I know you had uh, Clifton Roberts, the oh, uh, yes. Humane Party presidential candidate. You had yes. Adrian Borgerson from La Fashionista Compassionista, and you are, in fact, the LAFC cover girl of the yes. current <laughs> issue. If anybody wants to check out Nafsika on the uh, the La Fashionista Compassionista cover, uh, go to lafcnyc.com. Who else have you had on this season who's been kind of different and fun? Uh, well, actually, before you, we go there, I, I was also with your, um, uh, your partner, uh, with the, the, the lady that you're, you're, you're writing the book with, the next book, J.L. Fields. Ah. She interviewed me as well, and so I'm in uh, her issue as well. Oh, that's great! So, yeah, yeah. So that's that's cool too. But um, who do I? What was the question? Who do I have on my yeah, next season? Well, who, who who have you had that was? Now you have somebody. Now I'm trying to remember because I've watched oh. them all and they're kind of running together. You had somebody who did a very interesting sort of athletic pursuit. He juggled on a unicycle or something. Yeah, he was a joggler. He's a vegan joggler. The prob- one of the very few that I know, probably the only one I know, but he juggles and jo- jogs, and it's a sport. I didn't know this. It's an actual sport. They call it joggling, and they have marathons, and he's very proud. He does all the marathons, and he wears his vegan uh, T-shirt, and um, he actually, when he started this, it was a way to uh, help him recover. He had, a, he had been into a car accident, and he had, um, I guess, lost some of the sense of it in his hand. And this this really helped him because it's basically it's um, it's it's with the eye and hand coordination to kind of I don't know it somehow just helped him heal faster and it made it, it became fun for him too so um, it was fun he tried to show me how to juggle and didn't go that well but it was it was a fun segment definitely and what's his name if somebody wants Chris to look Pert. him up yeah Chris Pert okay um, I think he goes by Acro Trekker also. But uh, yeah, yeah, he was he, he he loved it. It was very fun. We all had a good time. <laughs> well, that is really fascinating because I mean I know you've had celebrities on too. You've had Simone Reyes and um, Jane Velez right. Mitchell. But I love it that you find vegan jogglers also. Yeah, yeah. Like that's that's the interesting part of it. Like I try to find um, people from all walks of life. Like in the next season now, I'm gonna have um, a makeup artist. I'm gonna have. Um, uh, doctors, I'm going to have, uh, I don't know, um, 
like a, a local chef. Like, I mean, just all kinds of interesting people and authors, a lot of authors. I'm going to have, I shouldn't be telling you too much about her next season, but we're going to have more fun. We're going to do a lot of games, and it's going to be fun. I'm not going to tell you what kind of games, but you're going to have to um, <laughs> tune in for that. Well, we will. Absolutely. <laughs> so, Anasika, I think that vegans have a lot of nerve and that very often, I think really because this is the time for the animals, we will go in where angels fear to tread. Have you had television experience? Was this your background or did this idea just jump on your heart and you ran with it? Um, I have television background for my family business, Pilaros. It's a um, it's a company that uh, we sell, uh, we import olive oil from Greece and, and other products, Mediterranean products. Um, and, and this company has been around for 40 years. I grew into this company since I was a child. I worked with my father. So I, I became involved with every aspect of the company from administrative to marketing. I majored in marketing, so that was my, that's what I uh, studied. But um, I was involved with a lot of the TV projects and a lot of the um, recipe segments. I actually would coordinate all the recipe segments on the national TV shows that we were participating in, and, and also we were part of this um, huge um, uh, North American festival. outdoor. It's probably the largest um, outdoor festival in the world. It's, it was called Pilaros Taste of the Danforth. So Pilaros is the name of, 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 our, uh, of our company, of my father's company, and which is actually um, the name of the... Um, area that he's from on an island in Greece and yeah so there's a little bit of history there and um, so I was already already kind of in in front of the camera and and I always did my own projects as well I used to make jewelry and everything and I was always kind of creative so I try to do things and I did do a little bit of acting as well we'll probably see something at one point (laughs) but um yeah, I just I always felt very comfortable in front of the camera, but uh, mostly I, I wanted to create things, and I, and the most important thing, like my number one goal in life, was to make the world a better place. So in 2014, I founded People Against Violence as a nonprofit um, organization that helps victims of violence. So I started this before I started the show, and um, basically we have 24-hour counselors uh, online uh, waiting to take the call. And we offer services, and um, we, I designed a personal safety app called U Alert, U with the letter U, Alert. And um, it just these are projects that I was doing well before I even got into this TV biz. But um, it kind of all goes together with my same theme that I basically want to make this world a better place. So, and if you want to really truly make this world a better place, you got to go vegan. <laughs> you got to be vegan. I mean, it just makes sense um, for for and, and for everything. And there's, you know, you're saving the yourself, you're saving the planet, you're saving the animals. There's just so many, as you know, there's so many um, uh, benefits. Well, and, and I love that you're doing these other things in the world also, because I think sometimes we become vegan and we just become these professional vegans. And, yeah. and people look from the outside and it's like, well, okay, it's great that you're vegan, but uh, excuse me, there's another world too. And I understand right. veganism touches on everything, but I, I think for people who do have a whole lot of energy, it's wonderful to have some involvement in some of these other things too. So when we put on the show notes, all the places that we can find you and, and find the program, we will put uh, people against violence and the you alert app there as well. So speaking of somebody with a lot of energy, you have children, you're part of a business, you've got this TV show mm. and all these other things going on. How yep. do you schedule your day? How do you work through the time constraints? Yeah, that's the tough part. I, I work all the time. Um, hopefully, it's not going to be like this always. I mean, I love working. I, I love being productive. I, you, don't, you can't find me just sitting on a couch doing nothing. Like, I like to always be doing something. But um, definitely, I, I mean, I have two kids. They're small kids. They're six, six years old and three years old. Three years old. So they're, you know, they need their mommy. So, I mean, I, I have to basically um, give a lot of attention to them. And uh, so I try to, you know, I try to juggle everything, but um, I get help here and there. My husband is very um, hands-on with that, um, thank God. And, uh, but, I mean, you know, you do what you have to do. I think um, if you're motivated, really, there's no limit. You can do whatever you want. There's, there's, 
I, I honestly, I have about five different companies I'm, I'm juggling right now, um, but um, and I have my kids. But it still doesn't stop me because, like, if, if you have if you if you have your minds, you know, focused on something, um, and and nothing nothing can really hold you back as long as your mind is strong. You know, that's what I believe. Oh, I love your attitude. And your mm-hmm. husband is very cool, by the way. I don't know if, if you knew this, but when you had the launch party in New York City, beautiful launch party, um, gorgeous pictures oh, of thanks. it now on, on YouTube, a rooftop <laughs> party, and I was standing in, in the line, and there was a man <laughs> behind me, and I said, "And how, how are you involved with this? Are, are you with A&E? And he said, I'm married to Nausicaa. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's involvement for you. So, yeah, that's as much as involved. Like, yeah. It's <laughs> well, really you know, yeah, you know, he's a great guy. Um, definitely. He's, he's very helpful. He, he, he comes there. He tries, he helps when he can. So you need that. You need that kind of support definitely from, from every family member. Wow. And my kids are vegan as well. I mean, I'm not saying that every kid has to be vegan, but I mean, I think it's good for them to understand what they're eating and there's nothing wrong with with explaining to them things from young. And no, um, like my little son, he's three years old. When he was two, he somebody would mention cow milk, and he would say, um, well, "Cow milk? That, that's for baby cows." I'm like, "Yeah, you're right. That is for baby cows." I'm not gonna drink that. I'm like, "Yeah, you don't have to." Love <laughs> so it's that. like it's it's good to you know and to I mean we're not like it's funny in a way because you know you have people that tell you, "Well, why are you brainwashing your kids?" Well. It's kind of the other way around, isn't it? Like we're telling them the truth. <laughs> we're not brainwashing. That but, is so um, true. Yeah, but now, it's, are, um, it's good. Are you in Montreal, I believe? Yeah, so I live in Montreal. I just come to New York uh, to, for the filming. And uh, I'm, and, um, yeah, that's it. I go back and forth and I go to Florida as well. And uh, we're, we're good here. It's a nice neighborhood. It's just, you know, um, where I live specifically, there isn't, that many vegan kind of restaurants. There's like literally, I'm not in the city, I'm in the suburbs. So there's like one vegan restaurant here, but that's fine. Like I, the good thing about it is I learned how to um, become a plant-based cook with, with what I had with my limited resources. But you can, you realize that you don't really need to go have, to have a uh, hundred vegan restaurants around you to, to be vegan or plant-based. You just have to you know, know how to put things together and, and make a decent meal without having, you know, animal products. So um, it was it was a good kind of way for me to got, just, I just got right into it uh, when I went vegan. It was like overnight. I love <laughs> so, it. And then I just started looking up recipes and that's what you have to do. And actually I should mention, I should mention my other company that I'm working on, <laughs> The Struggling Vegan. Um, this is, um, it's, it's, we're going live in just a couple of days. If you go to The Struggling Vegan strugglingvegan.org. Um, this is going to be a place where, where um, we're going to help people transition into a vegan lifestyle. And the good thing about it is it's not just, it's not just vegan tips and recipes, but we have doctors, real doctors on call. So um, they'll answer your question if you have a question about anything. Well, and, and you're not just the vegan free. Oprah, you're the so, vegan Dr. Um, Phil. That's what I'm working on right now. So hopefully it's going to go well because I want to, you know, I want to encourage people and I want to make it as easy as possible. That's, that's the most important thing. You don't want to um, discourage anybody by telling them it's going to be like a hundred steps. You know, you just got to make it really simple and, um, and fun. So yes. and oh. who doesn't want to try a challenge, you know, it's fun. <laughs> well, you are a total powerhouse. Now, I was asking about Montreal because we had Sorry, a guest hello? a couple of, of weeks ago named Georges. Oh, I don't hear you anymore. uh <laughs> Okay, and Jeff, do you s- sense any problems with? Okay, sorry, Nafsika. <laughs> if you're listening, I just wanted to say if you don't know Georges Laroc, the wonderful retired hockey player and super vegan um, up there in your part of the world, uh, you guys would probably be really good friends because you're both doing so so much for this cause. So, Nafsika Antipas, the show is plant-based by Nafsika, Wednesday mornings at 7.30 a.m. on A&E's FYI channel. So, check that out on your television set and get it 
taped every Wednesday morning if you're not around to watch at 7.30 because it is a fabulous, fabulous program. And it's really fun. You know, it's fun if, if the other people in your family aren't vegan and they think you're going to set them down and, and proselytize. It's not like that at all. It's really just a great, great good time. And uh, Nafsika is a force of nature. So sorry we lost her there at the very end. We are going to be going to break, and we will be back right after this with Matt Resigno, MPHRD. Online Radio has helped you grow spiritually through programs like this one. Please consider supporting this online radio programming. Visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Thank you for helping us continue to serve as the voice of an awakening world. is full of voices, advertising, television, politics, colleagues, family, and friends. All are too happy to tell us how to live. In all of that noise, it's easy to miss the one voice that matters, your own soul. What would happen if you could hear that voice? Imagine the clarity, confidence, and courage that would be yours and the life you could create. Join Janet Connor, best-selling author of Writing Down Your Soul. The Lotus and the Lily, and Your Soul Wants Five Things, as she and her guests explore how to hear the call of the soul and create the soul-directed life. Live Thursday at 1 p.m. Central, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Go inside to find. What if you could experience vibrant health, help heal the planet, and be a great friend to God's animal kingdom through simple choices you make at breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Authors Victoria and Adair Moran say you can do this easily, affordably, and deliciously in their new book, Main Street Vegan. Everything you need to know to eat healthfully and live compassionately in a real world. Loaded with practical tips, straightforward information, and fabulous recipes, Main Street Vegan will help you on your journey toward a plant-based diet. The perks include more energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it, feeling younger as you grow older, and maybe even a boost to your spiritual life. Purchase Main Street Vegan from BN.com, Amazon.com, or your favorite bookseller. listening to Main Street Vegan with Victoria Moran. If you have questions or comments about today's topic or any other area of interest, we invite you to follow Victoria underscore Moran on Twitter or email her at MainStreetVegan at UnityOnlineRadio.org. Now, back to Main Street Vegan. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Gosh, it's wonderful that you're out there listening. Thank you so very much for all that you're doing in the world. couple of things going on. This is the last week that I will be saying, please vote for me to be PETA's sexiest vegan over 50. <laughs> I know we've been at that a couple of weeks. 
Thanks so much to everybody who has voted. It means the world. It's a little tricky to vote. If you haven't tried to vote and you want to vote for me or for somebody else, you can actually vote for two people. You get to vote for a female and for a male. And you need to go to a website. So if you go to prime.peta.org and scroll down to where it talks about male finalists and female finalists, you can click on each one of those and vote for the person of your choice. Now, there are two ways to do that. One is in a message box, and that seems to work really well, a comment box. Now, you can only do that if you're on a computer. If you're on a phone, the email option is your only option. And that is perfectly viable, too, except some people have had trouble with their emails going through, and they've gotten bounce backs. So if you're able to vote in a comment box, fantastic. And if you've only got a phone and you still want to vote, then, you know, thank you. Thank you for for trying. And next week, I'll let you know if I won or not. And I kind of feel like Sally Fields, that I know that you guys are definitely in my corner. And whether I win or not, you'll still really like me. And I really like you, too. And thank you so much for your support. I want to also direct you to the blog over at MainStreetVegan.net. It is about what to put in your kids' lunch boxes. And the woman who contributed that is a Main Street Vegan Academy certified vegan lifestyle coach. She's also a mom herself and a school teacher. So she sees the difference of what happens with kids who have good food in the lunchbox and kids who have other kinds of foods in the lunchbox. So that is quite a good read, MainStreetVegan.net slash blog. And I also want to draw your attention to something that is going to be happening on October 2nd, and that is the Fast Against Slaughter. That's a Sunday, and we're being asked in recognition of World Far- World Day for Farmed Animals that we just not eat. Now, I've got to tell you, I do not like not eating. I get all nervous and agitated and weird. But you know what? On October 2nd, I am prepared to be nervous and agitated and weird, to stand in solidarity with the hundreds of millions, and I guess around the world we have to say billions, of farmed animals every year who are transported with no food and no water to be slaughtered. Our movement has a history of nonviolence. We have a history with people in it like Mahatma Gandhi and Dick Gregory, who did a lot of fasting for various causes and We have the opportunity on the 2nd of October to join with them. So check out Fast Against Slaughter. It's sponsored by the Farm Animal Rights Movement. And uh, we can just uh, be together in standing up for the animals. Now, the guy you've been waiting for, Matt Resigno, MPHRD. He's professionally credentialed as a registered dietitian with two degrees in nutrition, including graduate training at Loma Linda University, where they know everything about being plant-based. He's past chair of the Vegetarian Group of the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics, co-author with Matt Frazier of No Meat Athlete, lead author of the Amazon bestseller Superfoods for Life, Cacao. He's also not just an expert on athletic nutrition, but he's an athlete himself, and he does many marathons and Ironmans and all those things that people who have bodies unlike mine can do. He is, this. get this, this will really make you think he's bionic, a three-time solo finisher of the Furnace Creek 508, a 500-mile nonstop bike race across Death Valley. Think that's cool? Guess what else? He lives in Los Angeles, and he doesn't have a car. Welcome, Matt Resigno. <laughs> Oh, thank you so much, Victoria, for that wonderful introduction. <laughs> well, you, you are something. You are a Renaissance guy. You know, the first thing I want to ask you, because in the four and a half years that I have done this program, I have probably come on with sniffles and coughs and whatnot a dozen times. And our first lovely guest was dealing with a cold. And yet out there in the vegan world, it's so embarrassing to have a cold because we're supposed to be healthier than anything else. 
So why do some people say, I haven't had a cold in 17 years, and the rest of us still get them just like we used to? Yeah, it's unfortunate, right? When you go against the mainstream or you do anything different, suddenly everyone looks to you for all sorts of evidence, right? It's like no one no one accuses a meat eater of getting sick to give up meat, right? <laughs> and, uh, you know, e- eating well can help with that sort of thing. But really, I always say the best thing we can do for the common cold is wash our hands. <laughs> Sounds good to me. And uh, I'm going to really pump up the hand washing as we get more into the fall since I live in New York City where we have lots and lots of germs and good right stuff. we're touching all sorts of things and you know what we eat can only do so much and I, and I know people see lots of health benefits from switching their diet to a healthier one but the common cold one is pretty tough to uh, to argue that you don't get sick right and we have all sorts of evidence right like your previous caller that it still happens and it's just a part of life I think and how we live okay now, before we get into some of these areas of, of expertise, and Lord knows you have plenty of them, the class that you teach for Main Street Vegan Academy is on perhaps not overselling the health benefits. Now, that really puts you on the outs because there are a lot of people who are only selling the health benefits. You know, there are people who are doing this who I think recognize the animal cruelty issues, the environmental impact, but their real message is do this, save your life. Do you disagree with that? (laughs) You know, it's a tough situation because you have lots of evidence from like Esselstyn and Ornish and the physicians who have worked with people who have suffered heart attacks and they have great results that they reverse disease. Like it's incredible what diet can do. I mean, that's my job. That's my training to help prevent disease using diet. So it definitely happens, but it can be dangerous to think that it always happens and it will happen for every disease. And that's just not the case. And I think that's where problems arise. And do you think that we're doing a lot of overselling? Yeah, I think we are. When, you know, people see like Esselstyn's work and say, look, you know, you eliminate animal products and you eliminate oil and then you'll never get a heart attack. And they say, oh, and they try to link that to saying, well, Big Mac will give you a heart attack. And and that's kind of a stretch. You can't point to one food and say that it causes a disease. It just doesn't work that way. And especially... You know, you have people who do eat really well and still might get stroke or hypertension just because of their genetics or something we don't even understand. And so I think if we make promises that it's absolute, it, it sets up a, it sets the bar too high. If people don't see these results uh, right away, if uh, they maybe they get a common cold, they think, hey, this isn't working, and then it sets them up for failure. So do you think... What would you say to the the people who are, are very invested, as you are, as as a healthcare professional, in in helping people to do this to improve their health? Some of them might say, "Well, the reason that vegans get sick is that they're not doing it right. If you do it without junk food and without oil and without sugar, then you'll have perfect health." Is that mm-hmm. the difference? Yeah, I, I think that's definitely an intricacy, and we get into these niche, niche arguments about, you know, what exactly is perfect and what that means. And, you know, there is a healthy plant-based diet, and that doesn't always overlap with veganism, you know, as you said, um, but it's still not a guarantee, right? When we look at the evidence, it says that people... People who eat plant-based diets that are full of whole grains and vegetables and fruits and beans and things have a lower risk. And I think that's where the evidence is. It's about lowering your risk for all of these disease, but not eliminating that risk. It's always going to exist. So, Matt, how do we translate this down to what people are understanding and also speak out in agreement and maybe disagreement with some of the things that people see. So, for example, when I think of a healthy plant-based diet, I can't just see one. I see two. So I see one that I would call starch-based, kind of like the the McDougall, Esselstyn kind of approach. 
that has a lot of beans and a lot of grains and most of the food is cooked and it doesn't have a lot of, you know, certainly salt or oil or that sort of thing, but it's heavy and it's comforting in that way. I think of it as a kind of winter diet. And then I think of another way of eating very healthfully as a vegan, and I would call that produce-based where it's salads and smoothies and juices and all kinds of fruits and vegetables and color, probably a higher, in fact, definitely a higher fat content because instead of getting all the starch, which is more filling, you're getting more water, which makes you feel all light and spectacular. Which is better? And I'm almost saying, am I healthier in the summer or the winter? Because in the summer, I'm more produce-based, and in the winter, I'm more starch-based. You know, that is the million-dollar question, and that is the answer that we don't know. When we start comparing these little differences between plant-based diets, we just don't have the long-term evidence to be able to say which is better. And so we can look to Esselstyn and say, okay, look at the great things he's done, right? He published some data and how he reversed heart disease in in, um, patients. It's incredible. But what we don't have is a comparison with other types of diets. What if those people did eat more fruit? What if another group had a little bit of oil? Would they get the same results? We don't know the answer to that. And that is where the problem is because we haven't compared these head on to really know for sure which is absolutely best. And that's why my philosophy is, you know, what we do know is that a diet should be based on plant foods. And that should always include lots of produce. Like Esselstyn's really big on leafy greens. And I think that that's really important. Um, he's into cooking them, um, you know, as opposed to the salad greens. But just getting those greens any way you can is a crucial part of um, disease prevention. Greens are good. So for you as a registered dietitian, What's your sense? What do you do for yourself? What do you tell people? And are we safe in kind of going with our instincts? Yeah, that, that's that's a good question about instincts. And people like to say, oh, we got to see how our bodies feel and what our bodies want. And, and that can be confusing because I think people's bodies want ice cream often, right? And uh, just because it's coconut and cashew-based ice cream doesn't mean it's not still ice cream, basically. <laughs> and so um, our instinct, I think, can be a little misleading. And so we need some, like, a rational approach to this. And my, my approach and what I do for myself and with my clients is, what does 85% of our diet look like? And when I say diet, I just mean what we eat. I don't mean weight loss diet. I just mean what does 85% of our diet look like over a week or over a month? And is that 85% made up of whole grains, beans, fruits, vegetables, leafy greens, those sorts of things, you know, and some nuts and some seeds. And when we get beyond that 85% and we get into the intricacies, that's when it gets really complicated. Should we have nuts? Should we not have nuts? Should we have oil? Should we not have oil? Can we include a little bit of meat alternatives or not? And that we don't quite have the answer to. And I see a lot of people in our world arguing over these intricacies, and that's not really the point. That's not the big picture. I like the big picture. I do want to Mm -hmm. ask you about the coconut thing. I know that Mm -hmm. uh, Dr. Joel Kahn just had an article on the Huffington Post because there's somebody in England who is coming out saying saturated fat was never bad. Let's have butter. Let's have pork. Let's have coconut oil. So I do want to ask you about the coconut oil since vegans aren't going to be having butter and pork anyway. But some people believe that coconut oil, even though it's a saturated fat, is a magical saturated fat that (laughs) metabolizes differently from the other ones. Is there any evidence for that? Where did that all come from? And and this, this is the complication is looking at one food or one nutrient. Um, because that's when the evidence gets harder to discern. And so coconut, for example, is high in saturated fat. And now saturated fat is just an umbrella term for a group of fatty acids, and it's based on their chemical makeup. It's um, They're actually saturated with hydrogens. So that's where we get that from. And um, coconut looks a lot like lard. Um, when we break down these fatty acids, right? And I think a lot of vegans would denigrate lard and say, oh, it it leads to high cholesterol and stuff. But then coconut is very similar. But on the other hand, coconut also has medium-chain triglycerides, which can be good for you. So what do we do? 
right? Do we recommend it? Do we not recommend it? And this is my sort of cop-out answer is we can't focus on it. It's not a superfood. It's not going to radically change your health outcomes. Um, but if you want to eat some of it, you could. But I think with saturated fat, you know, based on what we know right now in 2016, and it's changing, it's changed a lot since Ansel Keys did the research however many decades ago, um, is that we still need to limit it, I think. I think saturated fat, we still need to keep an eye on. Well, so does Dr. Jill Kahn in this article in the Huffington Post from uh, yesterday, uh, September 20th, 2016. Saturated fat remains the major issue for heart disease, so I will put the link to that in the uh, MainStreetVegan.net show notes for this program. So, Matt, you are an expert on athletic nutrition. What do athletes need to know that the rest of us don't? (laughs) You know, the, the athlete diet needs to be pretty similar to a regular healthy diet. And what gets important is timing. And um, I've worked with a lot of people who have come across, you know, this whole plant-based thing, the vegan thing from different avenues, you know, from Rich Roll or, or um, you know, from Esselstyn or something. And um, one of the problems that I see is just simply eating enough, right? Because we, we have the research that says vegetarians and vegans, on average, weigh less. And when people switch, they lose weight. And that can be a good thing. But if you're trying to be physically active, that can then be detrimental because food is energy, right? Food is calories. It's what builds muscle. It's what fuels our cells. It's something that we need in order to do the work we do. And that work could just be simply walking from your car to your office or it could be doing an Ironman. Either way, you need calories to fuel it. And so with a lot of plant-based athletes, and especially people who it's new to, um, they simply need to eat enough (laughs) because there's so much volume in plant foods. Right, a giant plate of salad might only have a few hundred calories. And if they're used to eating, you know, meat and potatoes and gravy, that could be a few thousand calories. And so making that switch, it is something that we need to think about um, as far as specific foods go. And then the timing gets really important when you look at sports nutrition. That's another thing. Ah, you mean what to eat before a race and after and all that. Yeah, before, during, and after gets really important. And you do need to think a little bit more about carbohydrate and protein. But then again, a lot of this is being turned on its head because you have, uh, you know, athletes using ketogenic diets that are very high in fat, and, and they're and they're doing it. They're out doing their thing. And it, it makes the researchers go, oh, okay, people are doing it. We need to look at this a little more closely. And I don't know what's going to come of it. I mean, all the major organizations still say carbohydrate is the fuel of choice for athletes. And, and until that changes, that's what we'll continue to say. But, you know, maybe fat plays an important role. You know, um, for example, paleo can be criticized quite a bit, you know, for their love of, of bacon and animal products and things. Um, but ethical veganism aside, I like that they're pushing our understanding of nutrition kind of in the new realms and they're trying new things. And, and that's pretty fascinating to see what comes of it. So how is it for you being an ethical vegan and a registered dietitian? Does that ever (laughs) pull your loyalties in a couple of ways, or how does that work for you? Well, it's funny. I'm I'm criticized from both sides, which is always fun. Um, You know, the the ethical vegans, um, that once in a YouTube comment, someone said, um, if you say that a non-vegan can be healthy, then you're not a real vegan, (laughs) which I thought was hilarious. Um, so vegans don't like to hear that you can be healthy and not be vegan, right? But people can eat a plant-based diet and include small amounts of meat and be very healthy. Their cholesterol can be low. Their risk of disease is low. That is something that people can do according to the evidence we have. And so that's very different than from ethical veganism that has us reading labels and avoiding chicken stock and things. Um, and, and, and so that definitely comes up. You know, I have folks who won't even listen to what I say just because they know I'm an ethical vegan. They just think anything I say about nutrition and research is automatically biased. And so I just won't reach those people, even though I do my best to to maintain, you know, a non-bias in what I do as a professional. And you're very good at it. So in, in terms of the athletic thing, I think lots more people in the world and listening to this program are more just people wanting to be reasonably fit. And we run into problems, we run into injuries. So help us understand, 
a nutritional component if indeed there is one. So everybody knows calcium, magnesium, vitamin D, that's great for bones, but we're not going around breaking bones. We're doing things like uh, you know, spraining ankles and, and uh, injuring wrists and, and having AC joint stuff going on. I mean, this is what you hear at the gym. So can we eat our way to fewer injuries? You know, it's it's hard to say. You know, I wish I think nutrition can have profound effects on our body, but it's not a be all end all. You know, and this goes back to overselling. Like going vegan isn't going to you know make you you know reduce any sort of joint pain or and whatnot. You know, those things can still happen, Um, and it has a lot to do with how we train. You know, a lot of people get into this, and it can be dangerous if you go from sitting on the couch to suddenly lifting weights and running, and and, and people have trouble sort of building toward, um, you know, fitness. And it's something that does take time, you know. I'm I'm not a coach, but, um, you know, a good friend of mine who is one, he said, you know, you have to build the base of the pyramid to get to the top of it. And a lot of us don't think that way. We just want to climb a ladder straight up, right? We want to run fast. We just start running fast straight away. And that's not the way that training works. So we need a sort of intelligent approach to how we train. Now, for your average person who just wants to get exercise, they don't need to be going that hard. You know, you don't have to be totally destroyed after every workout to see the benefits. Um, in fact, the, the opposite is true, that um, they found just regular exercise, you know, if you can increase your heart rate for 40 minutes a day, you know, five or six times a week, that you'll start to see cardiovascular benefits, you know, and then once you reach a certain level and it's safe and you can increase that intensity, you can see even more benefits with less time spent. And so it's about approaching this in a smart way. And then to answer about food, um, the evidence is building that, um, you know, the antioxidants and phytochemicals in fruits and vegetables can be beneficial in recovery and therefore helping things like, um, you know, joint aches and whatnot. Matt, you do not spend a lot of time with couch potatoes. When you said only 40 minutes a day, a lot of people are saying, 40 minutes, is he kidding? But you're not kidding, because I've read those studies, too, and I know that that's pretty much minimum 40 to 45 minutes for really, really getting fit. Certainly, anything is better than nothing. I'm doing this show standing up better than nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and walking and taking the stairs and, and all those things do add up, you know, and it's like you can just go for a 40-minute walk. Just walk a little faster than slowly, and that's different for everyone. You know, people say, oh, well, I'm not running fast. I'm never fast. And it's like, no, it's relative to you. <laughs> so, Matt, there's a question here on Facebook from Anna, and she says, does Matt have any advice on how to get calcium and protein into young children's diets? Mine aren't mad about dark leafy greens. They like legumes, but not a huge variety. You know, for protein, um, for kids, you know, their stomachs are so small. So sometimes with the whole grains and all the, the vegetables, they can get they can fill up pretty quickly. And I think that's where sort of nuts and seeds and um, nut butters and things can really come in handy um, as far as protein goes. And then also the meat alternatives, you know, I wouldn't shy away from them, you know. They don't have to be totally avoided. They can be a good source of protein, you know, if they're added to an already healthy plant-based diet. Um, and then for calcium, you know, it is about mixing it up. Um, one, a couple sources that most people don't realize is um, calcium set tofu in the coagulation process of making tofu. Sometimes they use calcium and that calcium then gets into the tofu and is a source when you eat it. And you just simply need to look at the package, you know, a package of calcium set tofu will say 10 to 15% of your daily needs um, per serving. And so you'll be able to see it. You know, if that number is zero, they don't use it. If it's like 10 to 15%, they do use it. So you just got to find which brands have it. Um, And then another one is, uh, and this is the Southern California in me coming out, corn tortillas actually have pretty good calcium in them. And so if you made like a tofu kale taco, um, you're going to really hit some high numbers for calcium in just one simple meal. That is very cool. And, and what do you think about non-dairy milk that's all fortified as much as, as cow's milk and sometimes 50% more? Is the fact that it's fortified okay? 
Yeah, you know, that calcium, it might be a little less absorbed in some cases, but that's okay. And, um, you know, those milks can be a good source. Um, one problem is, is that um, many of them, the coconut and the almond and the rice, are, are very low, almost totally devoid of protein. And so that, that's, that's something we need to think about. From a nutrition standpoint, they aren't a direct replacement of cow milk. Um, and we need to look at the labels for that. I mean, I don't want to denigrate almond milk. I do drink it and I use it, but, you know, a half a gallon of almond milk only has a couple ounces of almonds in it, you know, <laughs> so it's something to think about. Well, that was a question that I had when I was taking the T. Colin Campbell course. I looked mm. at soy milk and I looked at almond milk, the commercial kind in the half-gallon cartons, and the percentage of fat in almond milk was a lot higher, but the grams of fat in the soy milk were higher. And I think that's right. And you can tell me if I'm completely turned around (laughs) and how I said it. But I remember Mm -hmm. talking to the instructor there and trying to figure out what am I supposed to be looking at, the grams or the percentages? What would you tell somebody? Oh, that's interesting because I, I don't think almond milk has very much fat in it. At least most of it doesn't because because there are so few almonds. Um, and, and the nutrition label is, is, I think, overly complicated, you know, and it's tough to come up with something that the public can understand because everyone has different levels of understanding of, you know, math and nutrition and, and comprehension and whatnot. So it's a hard thing to do. Um, you do want to look at the total calories. And um, because the servings are different, you know, and, um, you know, for example, low fat soy milk is just watered down. They just add water right, to get to um, the fat percentage that they want. And so you can look at either number. I like to look at grams just to get an idea um, of what of how much you are taking it. Because mm. I, I think remembering back, it was the almond milk that had the higher percentage because the calories in almond milk are so low. Right, right. And because and soy is about 30% fat, you know, soybeans are not a low-fat food. Um, and that's okay, right? Um, but it is something that ups the calories, which is fine, right? And so kids should be doing soy or hemp, you know, and not filling their stomach with, like, almond and rice and things that are mostly water, honestly. I see. But that might play a role for someone who wants to lose weight for their sister's wedding. So I guess there's a place for all of it, at least in the short term. (laughs) Yeah. And, and, you know, almond milk, like, you can still drink it. It's it's just a matter of knowing what it is that you're consuming, right? And I think people are surprised because they may replace cow milk with almond milk, and then someone will point out that it just doesn't have the same protein content. And we don't need to obsess over protein. And I imagine most kids are getting plenty, but it is just one of the many things to think about. So I do want to get to your Strongest Hearts program. I can't believe how how late it's getting. But before Uh we do that, just a quick answer on soy. Are you a no-soy dietitian? I'm thinking you're not. I I am not a no-soy dietitian. I I think soy can be part of a healthy diet. Um, The evidence points to it is okay to consume. I mean, there's an FDA statement about the benefits of soy. It takes 10 years or more of research to get an FDA statement. There are very few of them. And so if there were any sort of health risks, I think that that would be stated alongside the statement. And I think it's just really, really been blown out of proportion because soy got so popular. I mean, they're putting it in potato chips and things, and that's just totally unnecessary. So, of course, there was a backlash. But the evidence says it's fine for people to eat. Great. Now tell us about Strongest Hearts, your video series on vegan athletes. Yes, I, I work with a filmmaker named Sasha Perry, and we're good friends. And we realized we had all these vegan friends who were doing all these crazy athletic events, and we thought people should know about this. So we combined our skills and we made a video series. Um, and we're not trying to convince anyone to be vegan, but we're just showing examples, you know. So, you know, we tagged along while a friend did a hundred mile running race, and he told his story about veganism. And then we have another friend who's a pro cyclist. And um, so we just want to share these stories, and we make 
professional level sort of mini documentaries about them. And they're available on YouTube now. We just switched from Vimeo to YouTube, um, and it's called Strongest Hearts. It's the name of our YouTube channel. And we have a new episode coming out with um, Baggio Hasidic, which is a, um, he's a professional soccer player here with the Los Angeles Galaxy. Very cool. And I love that you switched to YouTube. I sometimes have trouble with Vimeo and getting it to work. But that's yeah, because stuff. Yeah, it just took some time. Yeah, that's cool. Strongest hearts on YouTube, and we'll put that on the show notes. So people say that veganism is trendy. I'd rather it be permanent. But what trends would you like to see develop? Oh, that's a good question. Um, you know, I the more people who eat vegan you know, and do meatless Mondays and things, the more these foods become available. And the more they're available, the easier it is for people to eat this way. But we still have to think about it long term. I mean, there's there's been spikes and it's been up and down with vegetarianism for hundreds of years, really. And so we just need it to be sustainable. And I think for it to be sustainable, we need to look at it long term, sort of as activists, to get people into it who are going to stay in it. You know, and I think that is using good evidence and then being a welcoming community. You know, um, I think that that is a, a downside that, you know, it's something that I can be critical of vegans. They're just not welcoming enough to people who make mistakes and people who haven't, you know, thrown out their leather belts yet. Right. It's like this is a long process. We want to get more people involved and we want to keep them. You know, and I, I celebrate the process. I mean, I think of, of the day that my husband got rid of his last leather thing. He carries two wallets, and he still had one leather wallet, and we were out in L.A. and went to Mooshoes, and he then had all shoes, all belts, everything vegan, and now he had his two wallets, and he hates having his picture taken. He calls himself the incredible Google-less man because he's very private. But he said, for this occasion, take my picture, put it wherever you want to put it. Now I'm all vegan. And that was so cool, and it didn't happen in 24 hours. It took some time, but, you know, once somebody is is in, they're really in. As are you, Matt Resigno, M-S-R-D-M-P-H, and all those letters. Thank you for all you do, and, and thank you for your wonderful work in this movement, and thank you for being on the program. Thanks also to our earlier guest, Nafsika Antipas. We'll put everybody's info all over those show notes. Next week, we're going to have Eric Day with his new documentary, Vegan Everyday Stories, and then Ellen Jaffe Jones with her brand new book, Vegan Fitness for Mortals. So I guess you don't need to read that one, Matt. (laughs) Super athlete. Thanks, everybody. Thanks to Unity Online Radio. God bless you and eat your veggies. Thank you for listening to Main Street Vegan. Join us every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time as Victoria Moran entertains, educates, and inspires you on your vegan journey. This program is sponsored by Main Street Vegan. To learn more about Victoria or to explore training with Main Street Vegan Academy as a vegan lifestyle coach, go to www.mainstreetvegan.net. That's www.mainstreetvegan.net. Tucked away in the Unity Library archives in Unity Village, Missouri, you can find a secret treasure. They are the scripts from Unity co-founder Charles Fillmore's early days on broadcast radio. The teachings of Unity's founders, almost a 100 years old. Now, for the first time in history, you can hear them through the power of the Internet. Join Bob Brock every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, for Unity Classic Radio. Words from our past. Discover the wisdom of Charles Fillmore's talks and of other Unity Radio speakers read on the air again. Call in your comments and questions as Bob and his special guests revisit Unity Radio talks of the past, along with historical background from the early days of the Unity movement. That's Unity Classic Radio. Words from our past. Every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Right here on Unity FM. The voice of an awakening world.
Remember when you entered first grade? Did you find it hard to believe you'd ever be able to learn and do all that was expected of you? Do you remember how, through your own consistent effort and the support of your parents and teachers, you did learn the basics and went on to master more complex skills? Life is a process similar to the one we experience in school. As we move through life and attempt to expand our awareness of who we are and what life is all about, we encounter new problems, such as the schoolroom of daily living. We can approach each situation with a positive attitude, take one step at a time, and know it's only a matter of persistence before we arrive at a solution. Repeated efforts will accomplish any undertaking. This law of life is brought to you by Unity. To find a Unity Church near you, visit www.unity.org. We spend a third of our lives sleeping and dreaming, yet most of us have no idea what goes on during that time. I'm Kelly Sullivan Walden, and as a dream expert and best-selling author, I'm here to empower you to mine the gold from your nighttime dreams. Join me on the Kelly Sullivan Walden Show, part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network, available wherever you get your podcasts. Until we meet again, don't take your dreams lying down.